This week, we speak to Kelsey Poor, one of the organizers of Space Fest, to give us all the inside information on what it is, who it's for, and why you want to be there. And naturally, that means we're also going to talk about space art and memorabilia. So get your checkbooks ready. Wait, do I even have one of those? Uh, I think I do have one, but I think Steve has hidden it from me. Um, <laughs> Steve's my husband. Plus, we'll have our roundup of all the news stories from the world of space flight. After last week, we have very much enjoyed hearing from you about your Kennedy Space Center experiences. So please do continue to get in touch and share your stories. But right now, whatever you are doing, please enjoy episode 41 of the Space and Things podcast. Space and Things with Dave Giles and Emily Carney. I'm Emily Carney. And I'm Dave Giles, and welcome to episode 41 of our podcast. Uh, Now, we have some big news. We have some very big news this week. Okay. So, um, yeah, we do. Uh, Emily, I think this is massive. This is such a big story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Emily has been asked to host a panel at Air Ventures in Wisconsin. It's one of the biggest air shows in the world. I know of it. Like, I'm, I'm not even American. I know about this air show, uh, and you're hosting a panel, and the names on this panel, I'm going to let you tell You tell it. You tell it. Well, so far, uh, the, the names on the panel, uh, I, and of course, panels are subject to availability, but uh, so far, the names on it are uh, Fred Hayes, uh, Joe Engel, uh, Bob Crippen, uh, and I think Charlie uh, Precourt is supposed to be on there. I think he's supposed to be on there as well. And Paul Dye, the Michigan troller. So that's who they have so far. And like wow. I said, um, panels are subject to availability. So I, hopefully, I don't know if everybody will be there or not. Uh, but yeah, I'm a little overwhelmed and uh, I'm very excited that I was even selected to be on this so far so um yeah I'm, I'm a little overwhelmed i think i'll do a fine job moderating it it's not that it's just i'm overwhelmed that i even got asked you it's know? fantastic that you got asked so so when is this taking place uh this is on july 26th um it's on a monday uh and it's from 7 to 9 p.m at uh the theater in the woods i think is what it's called i've never been to oshkosh before this will be my first experience so um uh, many of you have, who are listening have probably already been, so you guys will probably know the area a little bit better than I am, but I am so excited. I've been hearing about this event for years and looking at other people's uh, photos, and I'm just so excited. It should be really awesome. Yeah, so it's the Experimental Aircraft Association Aviation Museum, and they host this massive event every year called Air Ventures. And and yeah, I I'm thrilled that you're you're doing this. This is this is Thank massive you. news, and uh, I hope you know. It, no matter who's on the panel, the fact you're doing it. What's the panel on? Do you know the t- the subject? Uh, Forty years of the uh, the space shuttle. Amazing. If you look at you know a lot of the people on it so far, I mean it it really covers the whole span of the the shuttle. Absolutely. You know, and um, so I'm really excited to talk about you know that because it really it kind of I mean, I love things that sort of sum up the whole program. And also, um, I feel like the space shuttle, it's been 10 years since it stopped flying. It's been 40 years since it began flying. And I feel like it, it's starting to fall into that sort of era where people are not forgetting about it, but sort of like underestimating it, I guess. Is that the... Yeah. I don't know. I, it's time to bring it back. 
So I, I agree. I absolutely agree. So anyway, uh, that's going to be a good couple of weeks for you because you've got Space Fest the week before, right? So uh, that, yeah. That, that's, yeah, I, I'm excited for you. And talking of Space Fest, let's just crack on with this week's episode, shall we? Yes, let's go. Well, if you haven't changed any, it's really something else. I tell you, John has been telling me about it for three years, but ain't no way you can describe it. So, July 15th to the 18th, uh, that's the date for Space Fest, which takes place at the JW Marriott Star Pass Resort and Spa in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, which, Tucson, Arizona is one of those places I really want to go to because it's in uh, Get Back, the Beatles song. Uh, Jojo left his home in Tucson. Yeah. And ever since, I've always wanted to go there. And I, I will, if I'm if I'm ever there, I would just be singing Get Back the whole time. Anyway, uh, it's this is a gathering, and I'm quoting this from the, from the Space Fest website. It's a gathering of NASA, Apollo, Gemini, and shuttle astronauts, space historians, astronomical and scientific guest speakers, authors, astronomers, spacey vendors, and artists. Uh, there's a combination of paid and free events and is organized by Nova Space, a Tucson Space art gallery and memorabilia dealer. This is going to be my fifth time at Space Fest, and I cannot wait. Um, and to tell us more about it and how it got started, we're joined by Kelsey Poor from Nova Space. As I'm sure we're about to hear, uh, Kelsey's parents, Sally and Kim, started Nova Space in 1978 and ran the first Space Fest in 2007. I'm sure Kelsey will tell us all about it, so let's just get right on with the interview. Okay, we're off to a good start, Play it cool. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us to preview Space Fest. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're most welcome. Uh, before we get on to this year's event, can you please give us a brief history of how it all started all those years ago? Sure. Our family owns Nova Space, and it started in 1978 and started with space art. And then uh, in the 90s, I think we started adding astronaut autographs. So my father had the idea to have a festival incorporating both. So it's kind of like a Comic-Con convention where you have celebrities, but instead of celebrities from TV and film, musicians, you have astronauts. And they sign autographs for you, take pictures with you. It's a little less... I don't want to say geeky, but nobody really dresses up <laughs> like they do at um, Star Trek conventions or, and stuff like that. But um, it's kind of like a combination between a conference and a convention. So um, we started adding guest speakers and it just gradually snowballed into this thing. I can't even explain it to people like in simple terms anymore. It's uh, snowballed into something spectacular. Okay, so Emily's obviously been now. She's almost a veteran now, like as, as far as I'm concerned. And I've yet to be able to make it. And hoping next year will be the year. So, for someone like me who has never been before, paint the picture for me. Where does it take place? Is it all in one room? Is it all over the place? Uh, or, or is everyone just lumped in together in one big space? Well, uh, we've had we've had it in a couple different spots. But uh, the Star Pass Hotel in Tucson seems to be the favorite place because it's all under one roof. So you could meet an astronaut in the elevator at, St at Starbucks yes. in the morning. And we have one big ballroom where we have the vendors and we have the astronaut signing and we have the space art show. And then 
there's a big foyer right outside those doors and down the foyer we've got the guest speakers so it's all in the same area i just want to jump in and add uh one morning i was just like i got out of you know i took a shower got out of my room you know i was gonna go eat breakfast and stuff and i'm just walking down you know just just as you do you know and i run into like fred hayes and i'm like what you know, like it just just like a normal that's like a normal thing at Space Fest. It was nuts. And I'm like, is that that's him? And it was before I really knew Fredo at all. So it was like it was nuts. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. So, yeah, it, you have a ton of experiences like that. And, and they're all pretty cool. Yeah, I'd say that the major difference between our celebrities and like Comic-Con celebrities is <laughs> that they are very gracious. They love their their. uh their fans they love everybody who looks up to them and they'll chat with you and they'll take pictures with you and they'll talk to you whereas a celebrity like from vampire diary is gonna be like no i want 30 bucks for a picture (laughs) (laughs) and i've heard rumors that there's also an astronaut band doing some entertainment in the evening is that right or have i misheard that (laughs) last uh last space fest in 2019 uh we had max q which is an all astronaut band perform. Um, <laughs> that was the first time we've had them. Uh, it was very fun. They, they were they were a fun group. They played for a couple hours, but the the thing is, is they don't get to see each other very often, so they don't get to practice. <laughs> so we had to we flew them in a bit early so they could practice together, and it turned out nice. to be really fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Max Q, what a great name for a band for astronauts. Anyway, so we've got uh, we've got great guests there, ready to meet everyone. We've got live music. Um, but obviously you said it's about art as well, and it, that was where it came from. So how big of a part does art still have in it? Is, are, there, are there classes? Because I'm hopeless at art, but I would love to get better. And I would love to know if I can learn something while there. I'm comparing this to music conferences I've been on where there's these kind of things going on. So we have, uh, we just started doing a sip and paint. Pick two of the space artists and they host a sip and paint class and they teach you how to do some space art and you get some drink tickets. Yeah. Um, Before that, obviously, the space artists are a huge deal. So we'd give them a big table and they'd do live art in the ballroom. So you could watch and maybe they'd they'd be painting a mini painting and you could watch them do the whole thing and be like, I want that. I'll totally buy it from you. So that was, that was really fun. We still offer that, but now it's getting to the point where there's so much going on. (laughs) Yeah. But that's a pretty good problem to have though. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So with that in mind, what is your personal highlight of all the space fest you've done it? Do you have one moment which we can put your finger on and go, this is what space fest is all about. I, I would say that um, I think everybody's favorite aspect of Space Fest is the company, the people around. Uh, it's like see- seeing each other again. Uh, like I pretty much know everybody my na- by name now. It's good to see them again. Good to hang out with them, uh, chat with them out on the patio. We stay out late sometimes. I'd say birthday parties are always fun. Sometimes we have a a space fest event during somebody's birthday, like uh, 2019, it was Dio Harris' birthday, nice. and we surprised her with a cake. Uh, I think the year before that was it. The year before that was Bruce McCandless. <gasps> Bruce McCandless's birthday. No way. That was fun too. That's amazing, <laughs> guys. One thing that you get to hang out with these people, but you get to share their birthdays as well. That, uh, I really need to go. I need to make this happen. 
Anyway, let's talk about Novaspace. This is your family business. It's been around since 1978, as you said. And yes, you organize Space Fest, but you do other things for the rest of the year. So when you're not organizing Space Fest, what are you up to? Well, um, my father died in 2017. So since then, my brother and I have kind of stepped up and decided to take Nova Space to where we thought it should be. Obviously, I love shopping online. I'm an online shopper. My brother is too. And we've taken it to places that we didn't think Nova Space would ever be. So we revamped the website. That was really difficult to do. We've had the same website since 92, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so we revamped the website. We added... Um, a lot of different price points for merchandise. So we sell little toys, little gadgets, apparel. You know, it doesn't just have to be space art or astronaut autographs because those things get expensive. So sometimes somebody just wants to buy a little doodad for $20 or $13 or, you know. What's interesting about our shop is we try to sell everything signed. If it's something that somebody created or wrote, we try and get them to sign it. So you're getting some cool stuff from us. And um, we don't run a whole lot of um, crazy sales because everything's so cheap anyway. I <laughs> We try and give everybody the best value. And that was something my dad always believed in. Absolutely. I do have a question. I know uh, like some of the events at Space Fest, uh, like the banquet in the past have... Uh, you guys have donated, you know, some of, the, some of the money and some of the drawings and stuff have gone to like uh, charity. Did you want to talk mm -hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah. When my father passed away in 2017, he passed away from a rare genetic disease called uh, ataxia. And he had one called SCA3. But it is under the umbrella of ataxia. So during Space Fest, uh, we hold auctions. We've held um, silent auctions in the past. We have a big auction during the banquet. And we donate all the proceeds to the National Ataxia Foundation. And they started noticing <laughs> that we're sending them a lot of money. And so um, 2019 Space Fest 10 was the first one they actually showed up at. They were so happy to be there. That's such a, I, didn't, I didn't know that was part of it. That's so cool. That's really, that's my favorite part of the whole thing because it really, it goes to a really good cause. Yep. And once mm -hmm. again, ties in with that whole family thing, which just makes me love this event even more. I need to be there. I need to be there. Tell me more. Tell me more. So Space Fest is in about a month. Is it a, uh, she's like going to kill me for even mentioning this. It's in a little <laughs> over a month or so now. Um, I think it's July 14th through 17th from, uh, from my, I'm doing this for my memories and I'm starting to prepare my talk and stuff. So what are you looking forward to the most? Um, this year at a space fest, there's a mm. lot of great guests. There's a lot of great things lined up. What are you looking forward to? Um, I would say, you know, I, I really, I had such high hopes for this space fest and <laughs> the pandemic just got in the way, but on the brighter side of things, it's going to be such an interesting, intimate experience because it's going to be a bit smaller. We skipped a year. So I think everybody's just so excited to be there to get out to see each other i think the, the joy it's going to bring and the camaraderie it's going to bring is going to be uh the funnest aspect of it and that's really what i'm looking forward to the most you know we don't profit a whole lot from this so we we essentially do it for the guests they love it it's one of their the things they look forward to every year so 
We just want to give back. Yeah, I'm I'm absolutely excited about going back out. It's like a family reunion because I haven't we haven't seen anybody in like <laughs> two years. So it's it is like a family reunion almost. It really is. It's it's very it's gonna be really special. Yeah, I'm so jealous. And the more I hear about it, and the more I'm beginning to meet more people within this community the more I just really want to be there. And it's such a shame. I fully intended on on going last year, actually. But, you know, we, we all know what happened there. And now travel restrictions. Anyway, I can't wait to get over next year and enjoy it properly in person and have a great time and, and soak it all in. And I can't wait to come out next next month. <laughs> Dave's like, please shut up. But I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to come out next month. I'm really getting uh, I'm starting to get all prepared for it. And I'm just excited. It'll be it'll be really exciting. Yep. So, Kelsey, where can people find out more about Space Fest if they want to go? Spacefest.info. That is the website. And it is Excellent. actually the 15th through the 18th of July. So Emily was almost right. She'll probably be there the 14th. through the. <laughs> I, I said the I said the 14th or I said the 14th because that's when I'm going to show up to the star pass. Yeah. And that's when I'm going to start, you know, just chilling and having a good time. So I apologize. No, <laughs> I'm, it's okay. I'm on Emily time. So I was like, yeah, I was like, the I'll be there early too. Awesome. 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 I think a few of us will probably be there a little early. Just, just to hang out. Yeah. That kind of speaks to um, how much fun the event is and how beautiful the the Star Pass is in Tucson. I'm, I'd am i never been to Arizona before I started going to Space Fest. So when I first flew in Arizona, I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. It's, the, it's like the desert. It's really cool. And I'd never really seen any. Being from Florida, I'm not used to that. So that was really cool. And I just remember like, I think the first day I just hung out with my friends and we were just having a good time. Like that was really cool. So that's that's another special aspect about it is just having fun. Oh, okay. You're just you're just making me feel worse. I'm now, sorry. I'm sorry. Dave's like, please stop. <laughs> All right. Well, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us to tell us a little bit more about it. And uh, we wish you all the best and I hope it goes really well. And I hope to meet you in person next year. Thank you, Dave. It was nice, uh, nice to be on your show. Thanks for having me, and I look forward to meeting you. I cannot even begin to imagine how hard it is to organize an event like this with with such a different array of people and personas coming from all over the place, normally all over the world, but this time just America. Like, this must be a logistical nightmare for a small family team to to get their heads around. Yeah, they uh, they really do a lot of hard work uh, during this time. And uh, I do have to say I'm not just kissing their butts or anything by saying this, but uh, I'm really grateful to the, the poor family because they put this event on, you know, uh, I don't think they profit a lot from it. A lot of it is really for the fans. They really do a spectacular job doing this. I think they hosted the event in Pasadena one year, at least one year that I'm aware of. But um, usually it's in uh, at the Star Pass Resort. It's just a spectacular. It's like a beautiful facility. It's the it's a really nice hotel and it's it's a wonderful place to stay. So it's like the perfect. It's the it's a perfect venue for an event like this. And um, it's really it really is. I hate saying this because you're not going this year and I really wish you were. It really is magical. There are some pictures I look at. I literally have like a 
photo album on my phone just called Space Fest. And it's like whenever I feel like sort of down on myself, like some days I'm just like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to talk to people. I just want to sit and cry for a while. I'll just look at that folder and it's like there's so many wonderful memories in there. And not just hanging out with, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, yeah, me hanging out with astronauts. I mean, it's just hanging out with, you know, the the space community. It, it sounds cheesy, but it really is true. It, the space community, everybody kind of knows each other. Um, it is kind of a family environment almost. It, it is like sort of going to a, a family reunion when you go to Space Fest because you see people from all sorts of different organizations there. You see your friends there that, you know, I mean... It really is a magical time, and oh my god. I was about to share a, a memory Please do. from a few years back. This was the first one I went to. It was in 2016, and uh, I have two friends who usually go every year. They're Tom and Mark Usiak. They're uh, photographers. They uh, did some very famous uh, photography during Apollo and Skylab and Shuttle. You, if you, you've seen uh, space photography, you've probably seen their work at some point. So anyway, um, one morning I'm just, you know, chilling and I was about to go to like Starbucks, right? Because I'd gotten up and I was like, you know, gotten showered and stuff. It's like, I guess, 8, 9 a.m. or so. I was going to go to Starbucks and Mark texts me. He's like, hey, get down here because there's a little like a restaurant near the pool area called the Signature Grill, I think is what it's called. So I was like, hey, get down here. And I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, and I'm like half asleep, like whatever, you know, and. So I go down there, and Mark and Tom are sitting with Andy Chaikin, the author of A Man on the Moon. And I literally, like, got, I fell to the floor. Andy started laughing. And I was like, you don't understand. Like, I immediately turned into, like, a nine-year-old. I like, uh, <laughs> I love your book so much. Thank you. I love it. Like, and Andy's like, I'm just a fan just like you. And I'm like, no, no, you're not. So eventually I got it together, and I got off the floor, and and. We just sat, we all, all three of us sat and just like chilled and talked about space for like two hours and then it gets even better. So Andy and I were talking about Gemini 4 and the, you know, the EVA and he'd had some reprocessed photos of the EVA and I was like, man, that they're, these are really cool. You know, they're really beautiful quality. And I think I asked, I asked Andy, I'm like, what was the apogee for Gemini 4? Like how high up were they? And he's like, I don't know. Why don't you ask him? And he points, and behind us is Jim McDivitt, the commander of Jiminy 4. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So Jim knew um, Andy, obviously, because, you know, they'd work together. So Jim comes over the table and starts talking to us, and automatically I turn into, like, a nine-year-old again. I'm like, I don't want to say anything. And then Andy was like, hey, Emily has a question for you. And I was like, um. So I asked Jim McDivitt, and Jim was like, about a hundred miles up, give or take. As long as you don't fall down, you'll be fine. I was like, oh my <laughs> God. He made it sound so casual. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. But that's the magic. And there's a picture of this too, by the way, because Mark was taking pictures of it because I was basically like freaking out. Like, like my face, I couldn't, like, I remember getting out of the restaurant. I, my face was hurting. I'm like, why is my face hurting so much? And then I realized because I'd been smiling so much. It It was just like, Something out of my child, like my wildest childhood dreams. So, yeah, that's the magic of Space Fest. And you absolutely have to go next year. That's how it is. Uh, Oh, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. Saving up already. But you're one of the speakers this year, right? Uh, You're going to be doing a talk. I think you've done them before, but 
you're doing a talk this year. What what's it on? Yes, I am. I believe it's on um the Saturday. I think it's on the Saturday morning. I won't reveal too much of it here for the people who actually are going to go see it, but it's called the What the Hell is a Space Blog? And it's sort nice. of a <laughs> it's sort of a capsule history of uh, space literature. And I was going to talk a little bit about my career and stuff like that as well. So Fantastic. Well, I guess I have to just look forward to hearing all about it from you. And I'm sure we'll do a little debrief on the show at the end of July. That On that and the uh, Air Ventures panel as well. I'm looking forward to hearing about both of them. Oh, yeah. And I want to add, um, if, if any of you all are in uh, Space Hipsters, we're probably going to do a, a, we might do a little event in the next few weeks uh, just to talk about sort of the magic of Space Fest and, you know, just to give it a little sort of promotion and just to talk about how cool the event is. So uh, stay tuned. If you're in the group, you might see something like that. I will keep my eyes peeled for that. Uh, but in the meantime, if you want to find out more about Space Fest, head over to spacefest.info. I know this is beginning to sound like one big advert. We we haven't been paid for this, I promise you. We I'm just I and Emily are just really excited about this company and what they do. Talking of which, I really think you should check out their other website, the Nova Space website. It's so cool. The story is amazing. They've got some incredible pieces of art photography, which are signed by the artists and astronauts as well. And as Kelsey said, they've got this amazing gift shop as well, which has loads of cool stuff in. And they ship everywhere. There's one other service which we didn't talk about, which I meant to ask about, and I'm annoyed that I didn't. Anyway, throughout the year, they organise events with our heroes well, you can send items to them to have signed and they'll sit there and they'll just go through everything. So in the past, they've had Buzz Aldrin, Jim Lovell, Gene Cernan, Michael Collins. The, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, the Most recently, they had Frank Borman. And there's a video on the site of Kelsey sitting down and interviewing Frank, which I thoroughly recommend watching. Uh, I think it says so much about this family business that they've been around so long and that they've got the trust of all these people. Exactly. Not only to be part of the events... A trust in them that they'll handle and sell these items with the respect that they deserve. It's a wonderful thing Absolutely. to see. Uh, so please do check them out. And thanks again. Oh, there's a that you can sign up. There's no events currently planned like that, but there's a mailing list you can sign up for. So just go on the website and check it all out. It's a really wonderful thing. Anyway, thanks to Kelsey for coming on and talking to us all about it. Flight crew, OTC, close and lock your visors, initiate O2 flow. Right, on to this week's news, sport and weather. Uh, it, it, there's a lot to get through this week, once again. So we've had three launches since our last recording. On Wednesday, the 2nd of June, the China Aerospace Science and Technology Corporation, CASC, uh, launched a Long March 3BE rocket carrying a weather satellite called Feng Young 4B. We also have had two Falcon 9 launches from Kennedy Space Center, but Amazingly, no Starlink satellites this time. The first one was on Thursday, 3rd of June, and it was a resupply mission to the International Space Station. 3,328 kilograms of cargo, in fact. That's a hell of a lot of cargo. Uh, it includes the first pair of new solar arrays, which was going to help with additional power at the station, and some bobtail squid and some tardigrades, which you may know as water bears. Now, both of these are going up for a variety of science experiments. Water bears are known to live in the most extreme places. And believe it or not, studying these tiny creatures can actually help humans learn how to better adapt to live in space. Crazy. 
so the other launch took place on Sunday, the 6th of June, and it placed the satellite radio satellite in orbit for Sirius XM. And in more serious news. Uh, <laughs> oh, <brilliant>. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist the pun. Um, we had, oh boy, we had a very big announcement uh, from NASA last Wednesday when they picked up two new missions to fly to Venus by the year 2030 as part of its own discovery program, which aims to develop relatively low cost robotic exploration efforts. There is a cap of $500 million on each mission, excluding cost for the launch vehicle and mission operations. The last round was in 2017 when the Lucy and Psyche missions won to study some asteroids. This time, the winners were Da Vinci Plus, which stands for Deep Atmosphere Venus Investigation of Noble Gases, Chemistry, and Imaging Plus. Uh, we'll just stick with Da Vinci Plus from now on. <laughs> that's a that's a mouthful and uh, veritas venus emissivity radio science in sar which is uh probably synthetic aperture radar uh topography and spectro uh let me try that again uh spectro spec uh <laughs> spectroscopy spectroscopy oh my god yeah we'll keep with veritas i think as well <laughs> yeah and veritas Unfortunately, we miss out on two other missions, one to observe volcanoes on Io, the very active Jupiter moon, and um, the other one was going to go to Neptune's trident moon. Uh, While it's a shame that we cannot get all four, this is still a huge deal. NASA has not had a dedicated mission to Venus since the Magellan uh, Synthetic Radar Aperture mission in 1989, which ended in 1994. And we now have 27 years of extra questions which scientists would like an answer for. Uh, Venus is considered to be Earth's sister planet, roughly the same size, age, and composition. But they are wildly different, and it's not known whether Venus was always the hellish place it is now, or whether it used to be a lot like Earth where volcanic eruptions caused a huge change in the amount of carbon dioxide in the air, thus killing off a planet like we know Earth to be. Yeah, this is, this is crazy. We've seen so much hype about these two missions. So uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about them. So most Venus specialists hope that one of these missions would be approved. But amazingly, we got both. Uh, so it really is huge news. And, and here's why. So Veritas is carrying a radar. So we can get images and topographic data at resolutions comparable to what we have on Mars. Uh, it will also carry an instrument which will be able to measure the chemical composition of rocks across the planet for the very first time. So Veritas is mapping the surface. So what is Da Vinci Plus doing, I hear you ask? <laughs> uh, well, it's an orbiter which will drop a probe into the atmosphere on a one-hour death dive to the surface. Uh, and it was going to take photos all the way down and measure the atmospheric conditions. So between these two missions, we're going to get so much data about the atmosphere, the surface, whether it's still geologically active or not, and a whole host of other clues to the origins of the planet so that we might better understand Venus and also, more crucially, our own. And... There's also a chance we might get a European Space Agency mission to Venus soon, too. Hopefully, this is going to be announced in the next week or so. 
And India and Russia are also developing Venus missions. And Rocket Lab are also hoping to send a life hunting mission there in 2023. It's almost like there's an armada heading the way of Venus. And it's going to completely change what we know about it and our understanding of other planets too. So this is huge news. I, I remember way back in episode three, Emily, mm-hmm. when we heard the news that there might be life on Venus, which I did get debunked a couple of weeks later or was scrutinized a little bit more. But we spoke about how few missions there have been that go into uh, to Venus and and how exciting it is to learn more about it and how we want to learn more about it. So this is We got huge. our wish. Yeah. I think I'm excited for Veritas because the radar images we're going to see, um, Magellan went back so long ago. I mean, it, it went up in 89. That's a while back. Yeah. The and there was a um a radar mission before then, uh Pioneer Venus, which was launched the year I was born, which tells you how old it is. Um <laughs> it did have a radar altimeter. It's old as hell. Um it had a radar altimeter on it, so, and it did take some radar images. They're not really great. Um they're okay. Uh if you look at the map, it's kind of like funny now how lo-fi it looks, but um I'm really excited to see those radar images coming back from Venus because it's going to blow our minds. We're going to get really kind of a whole new, maybe a whole new look at the planet that's in better resolution than what we're used to. So Yeah, and, and, and the photos that the, uh, the Da Vinci probe is going to take on the way down. I mean, if, yep. you've only got to think about how excited we were about seeing the images from Perseverance's landing and how crazy that was. And we're going to see this from Venus. Yeah. Well, we know so little about what Venus looks like as well. Mars, we've got a rough idea because we've had photos there for the last 20 years or whatever it is. But but Venus, we haven't had no. that. So this is going to be completely new. This will be nuts. I'm, I'm looking so forward to it. Um, while we're talking about exploring the solar system, uh, on Monday, June the 7th, NASA's Juno spacecraft made the closest flyby of Jupiter's largest moon, Ganymede. It's hoped that we'll get about five new images and quite a lot of new data as well from this flyby. Uh, The last time this happened was in 2000 by the spacecraft Galileo. Juno arrived at Jupiter in 2016 and has sent back so many incredible images of the planet Mm. and some of its moons. Uh, Jupiter has a ton of moons. Loads. Loads, yeah. So this is really exciting. Uh, The mission has recently been extended to last until 2025 because of the quality of the science that it's been sending back. And literally just before we recorded this today, uh, the first of those images has come through on the NASA website. And I thought it was a photo of the moon, our moon at first. Me too. At first I was like, what is it? This is kind of just boring. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's not... That's not ours. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. I was like, what is this? And then I was like, Ganymede. Oh, that's not our moon. Yeah. Um, I-, I remember seeing as a kid the first, like, I think um, I think Voyager may have taken some pictures of Ganymede. Um, and they were really awesome for the time. But now it's like they kind of look a little low res, you know, and um, sort of like looking at digital photos from the early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where you're like, yeah, I can, I'm kind of fuzzy in that one, you know, yeah. so. Oh, we had two megapixels. <laughs> exactly. And that was all we had back then. It felt like so much. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> fuzzy. And the Pioneer photos um, of, uh, I don't think he got any of the moons, but the Pioneer photos of Jupiter are like, they're they're awesome, but they're almost, they're they're pretty low res. But still, these these are 
incredible. It's incredible that technology has just jumped in such a way that now we can look at the planets and the moons through just brand new eyes. That's really cool. Yeah, some some of the images from Juno are crazy. Like there's some great composites of like the view of Jupiter from below the planet or from the poles, and it's you're looking at it from a complete different perspective that we've never seen before. And it's just it's such a beautiful planet, and some of those moons are just crazy as well. So yeah, this this is uh, this is wonderful. So I'll, I will obviously put uh, the the photo, uh, the link to the NASA photo in the show notes. So check our website for that. Uh, and uh, back on the International Space Station. Cosmonauts Oleg Novitsky and Piotr, is that right? That is correct, Piotr. Piotr Dubrov performed a seven-hour spacewalk on the 2nd of June to decommission the Piers docking compartment. It's 20 years old and isn't needed anymore, so the module is going to be removed later this summer by a Russian cargo freighter, and that will leave a gap for a new Russian multi-purpose laboratory module called Neuka which is Russian for science. No idea if I've pronounced that correct, but we're going to go say I have. <laughs> uh, there are two more spacewalks planned for this month as well for NASA astronaut Shane Kimbra and ESA astronaut Tomar Pesquet. Yes, absolutely. Yep, Tomar. Yep, and uh, they're going to continue the work on installing the new solar arrays, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah, all right. Tomas Pesquet. Man, his content online is amazing, isn't it? He's kind of, he's hysterical. Like, he, he just cracks me up. Like, he put up some picture like, yeah, we have early days on the ISS. And he put up a picture of himself looking just just beaten to death. Like, like he'd just <laughs> woken up, you know, and like his hair's all met. Like, you could tell, like, he just got out of bed, you know. And I was like, this is the content that I need because we're used to seeing astronauts look like, like remember you know in the apollo days like they just had a little bit of scruff and you know they they're like yeah manly on the moon you know and it's like that i love toma because he completely like demystifies like that whole like stereotype yeah, yeah like he just is like i don't even care like i'm just showing you what it really <laughs> is like working in space it's just like working at home you know yeah it's amazing <laughs> i think it's hysterical and more talk about private space missions. Uh, this week, Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon and the owner of Blue Origin, has said that he and his brother will both be on board for the first crewed suborbital launch of their new Shepard spacecraft on July 20th. No doubt this announcement is timed also to bring attention to the auction for the final seat on board, which will conclude on Saturday, June 12th. Uh, it's already up to $2.8 million, just pocket change. With the winning amount going towards the Company Science and Technology Outreach Foundation Club for the Future. This news was followed by uh, an announcement by Virgin Galactic earlier this week that they will be launching Kelly Girardi, a scientist and STEM influencer, as a payload specialist on an upcoming mission. Uh, there's no date set yet for this mission, but it's great news for Girardi, who has done so much to inspire people, including me, uh, about space, I I love Kelly. I, I bought some. She's of, amazing. I bought some of her merch. Uh, I I just absolutely love her, and I I'm just so happy for her. This is amazing to see. She will get to experience about three to four minutes of weightlessness on the suborbital flight, in which she'll be able to get out of her seat and complete various science projects. 
Yeah, this is nuts. Such a cool story. It is. Such a cool story. Hey, also, just before we came on, there's another <laughs> there's another twist to this. Have you seen this? This There's another twist to this whole billionaires in space no. thing. Have you seen this? What's going on now? So it's been leaked that Branson is apparently going to try and beat Bezos into space. Really? What is Musk going to do? <laughs> Oh no! He's sitting out. <laughs> I'm afraid we're gonna see him on the moon or something crazy. Like we're gonna wake up and it's gonna be like, "Hey, biatches," and we're gonna be like, "What? What?" <laughs> yeah. Gonna... yeah, we won't even see it. Yeah, he'll just yeah he'll do something nuts he'll just like tweet that. He'll be... it and we'll be like, yeah. "Really?" Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, if yeah, I yeah. see a crazy ass rocket launching from my side of the state, like, what is that? <laughs> What's that going on? And like 72 yeah, hours he'll be in later, his Tesla. yeah, 72 hours later, like it's like I'm gonna get like text like, "Cut on." Cut on the news. Cut on CNN. His dumb ass is on the moon. Um, I love you, Elon. I didn't mean that. I don't think you're a dumb ass. I just, I just will be like, I wouldn't be shocked. Let's just put it that way. It's 2021. Anything can happen. So, absolutely. But yeah, I, I didn't have uh, <laughs> billionaire space race on my on my list of things that were going to happen this year. I know, like that's for sure. I'm, I need to get in a rivalry with like another space historian to do something first, and it's got to. I'm trying to think who I'm going to pick, like Jim Hansen or somebody. Like somebody, <laughs> Jim is like the nicest person too. I love Jim, so sorry, Jim. I love you, but we'll have to do something stupid, like a stunt. You know, like all right. Next story. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and continuing with this theme, Houston-based company Axiom Space have announced three extra missions to the International Space Station using the SpaceX Crew Dragon capsule. So we spoke about their first mission, which is due to fly in January 2022, a few episodes ago. But they've now announced that the commander of the second mission will be former NASA astronaut Peggy Whitson who has a whole heap of records to her name. I think she's the most experienced NASA astronaut of all time. Uh, and, and we say this nearly every week, but space tourism well and truly has arrived. But can you imagine, you know, it's going to be billionaires, that's what Axiom Space do, but can you imagine being on a space mission with Peggy as your commander? How cool would that be? That would be awesome. You're in really good hands. That's all I got to yeah. say. You're in the best hands possible. I'm so excited about all this coming up. Also, the Inspiration4 mission. I'm so excited seeing their updates oh, yes. on Twitter. We're truly in an era which I'm starting to believe that maybe one day I'll go to space. I mean, I know it's kind of a pipe dream, but dreams do happen. I've been having those thoughts recently, too. All this news has just made me think, Jesus, we're actually, it, could it could happen. happen. It could actually yeah. happen. Kind of forgot to even think about it recently, but now it's like, oh my God, it's actually possible now. It's crazy. But uh, yeah, talking of Inspiration4, Dr. Sean Proctor followed us on Twitter this week. Awesome. She is wonderful. So hi, Dr. Proctor. Welcome to the club. I cannot wait to see her launch. Uh, I, I'm hoping I can go uh, go watch that from uh, the Cape or something. Like oh, I am so pumped to see her go into space because this is somebody who I, I know this has been a I mean, not just her. I mean, with Kelly, with everybody, I think it's just it's been a you know, it, it's like their dream of a lifetime. And to see that get fulfilled is just the best thing ever. I'm yeah. so excited for them. Absolutely. And finally, New Zealand became the 11th country to sign the Artemis Accords, which we discussed last week when South Korea signed up. Uh, New Zealand has made a statement that they are signing to emphasize the need for careful management of space resources on the moon. Sustainability in space mining. How very O'Neillian. Absolutely, yep. He says wearing his High Frontier t-shirt. 
Yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Awesome. I think that we have to understand that at the deepest possible level, opening the high frontier means making possible and ensuring the survival of the human race. And here we are at the end of another episode. Um, there have been so many interesting developments over the last few weeks. Uh, some of these stories may already seem like old news to some of you, but we only do this once a week. So we try our best to cover everything. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our preview of Space Fest, and hopefully I'll see some of you there. Yep, I really hope that we can have a big Space and Things gathering at Space Fest in 2022. That would be amazing. Anyway, thank you all very much for listening. And uh, to those of you who hit the share button, it means a lot. But remember, in space, no one can hear you stream. Space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.